Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know about the argument. It's that same fight that comes up over and over again with your partner, your mom, your brother. Any long-term relationship you've had likely has the argument. Maybe you've asked your mother over and over not to comment on what you're eating or on your weight. Maybe you've asked your partner a hundred times to put their dirty dishes away in the dishwasher instead of leaving them on the counter. (laughs) Maybe you find yourself clashing with your sister when she's late yet again. Uh, Whatever it is, (laughs) any of those scenarios, today I'm coming at you with my top five tips for stopping the argument once and for all and how to create that loving, peaceful connection you've really been craving. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. If you're watching me on YouTube, you'll see that I'm wearing a very fabulous purple sweater. But, you know, if you're just listening to me in your car, don't watch anything when you're driving. That makes me crazy. I called a client the other day and for a session on Zoom and they were in their car driving. I'm like, no, we're not doing this. You're going to glance at the screen. I can't. The Jewish mother and me can't handle it. Um, Anyway, so, so don't do that. But uh, if you do see me on YouTube, 
we're, we put all the podcasts now up on YouTube. I, you know, I don't know why you'd want to watch me do this, but some people do. And here I am. So I am wearing a lovely purple sweater for your, you know, viewing pleasure. Anyway, so going to be a juicy one today. I can't wait because we're going to get into this thing that comes up over and over because we've all had the argument. So I'm really looking forward to it. Before I get there, I just really quickly want to ask you to please, if uh, you could, I asked this a few weeks ago, I want to know where you heard about the podcast. I'm, we're trying to figure out how we're, how this all works. It seems like it's all word of mouth. Who knows? So if you can shoot me an email, abby at abbymedcalf.com, go to the website, to the contact page, how, and shoot an email there. Just please, I'm begging you, if you, lo- if you love me, please show your love by letting me know how you heard about the podcast. So was it word of mouth? Was it social media? Was it, I don't know, my newsletter? I, I don't know. But, and if it was my newsletter or something like that, where did you hear about that? You're like, where'd you hear about me? I guess that's really what I'm asking. How did you hear about Abby Metcalf? <laughs> and how did you hear about this? Maybe you're a past client, I don't know. So just, if you could just say where you heard about me and the podcast, that would be amazing. One line, one word. It's all it takes to show the love that we have for one another. Okay, but I'm going to show you the love right now, no strings attached, with what to do when you're having that same argument. So let's get to it. And and first, I want to talk about this. This is about you, not them. I know, you don't like it when I say things like this. (laughs) I hope you get it. I love you. I got to tell you the truth. I have to tell you what's going to work and what's happening and all the things. So This is about you, not them. The first thing you've got to do when you've been repeating an argument is figure out what's up with you. Why is this particular topic a trigger for you? What's going on really? And right now you're probably, you know, you're thinking, well, I know, Abby, it's because, you know, my husband hasn't changed his behavior or, you know, my mother is still acting the same way. And that's why we keep fighting about this. But that, that really tells you everything right there. Okay. Yeah, I know. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little example from, from Abby's life. Yeah, here we go. Um, it's funny. I think sometimes people, I think I have some sort of perfect life and I do not. I, I have a life with all the things and all the things I teach, you know, I've had to learn. So, uh, we actually have a saying that you teach what you need to learn. So there you go. You think about all the things I teach. You can think about all the things I need to learn. All right. So a few years ago, and I've shared the story in different ways before, but here you go. A few years ago, my my still teenagers were younger teenagers. Uh, this, this is really like right before the pandemic, so a couple years ago. And they were taking showers and they were leaving their wet towels on the floor because, you know, because. So, and then when it was time for their next shower, they'd go get themselves a nice dry towel from the closet. So not only was I left with extra loads of laundry, they were also, you know, they're getting the floor wet or the carpeting wet, depending on when they left their wet towel. And then we were having all these loads of laundry. It was ridiculous. And I have to tell you, over probably a two-year period before that, I tried everything. I tried making them wash the towels. And you know what this resulted in? Yeah, me adding something to my own list of that I didn't want because I then had to keep reminding them to do the laundry of the towels. Yeah, I know. I tried appealing to their Gen Z sense of caring for the environment. Aren't, isn't everybody a Greta Thunberg? Like what, like how, what is going on? So 
I tried to appeal to them and, you know, the energy that they're wasting and using a new towel every time they shower didn't work. Didn't work. I tried punishing them. I tried taking away, taking away cell phones, PlayStations, whatever, grounding. Didn't work. I tried appealing to their sense of love. This is a way to show you love and respect me. Nada. Nothing. Zilch. Zots. Zilch. Nothing. They'd get better for a minute. You know, they would. And then I'd be tripping over a wet towel in, in like a week. There I was again. And I'm not exaggerating when I say I'm, I'm almost embarrassed. I think I'm embarrassed to say this because, you know, I'm a relationship expert. I, I think this went on for two years or a long time, a really longer time than I should admit to. But I'm going to admit because that's the relationship we have. And I'm going to expect you to love me anyway. Uh, it went on a really long time. I'm not saying this was an argument per se, because they agreed that they were being little assholes. They Every time they're like, I'm so sorry. Sorry, mom. Love you. You know, but I felt frustrated and hurt. I hated feeling like a nag and I was pissed at them for like making me feel like a nag. You know what I mean? Making me do this. I mean, I had all I had it all twisted up in my head and my upset got to the point that I literally took the issue to my therapist. Yeah. So I, I went and spent money, my hard earned money to talk to my therapist about my kids wet towels. That's how twisted I was. And she was <laughs> my therapist is amazing. And she looked at me really calmly and said, um, well, why don't why don't you just hide all the towels and just give them one towel that week that, you know, they have to use it for the whole week. And she said, I'm sure a few times of drying themselves off with a wet towel would fix your problem. What? What? <laughs> huh? That, but that's so simple. And you know what? It worked. It worked. I was kind of pissed that it worked. I wanted to go back and say, it didn't work, but it worked. So of course, the question is, why hadn't I thought of this super easy solution? What the F? Like, what the fuck? Like, why wasn't I coming up with that on my own? I, thank you, an amazing problem solver. You're here every week with me because I freaking solve problems. I'm good. It's my jam. It's my thing. It's my superpower. I Like, I'm good at it. I feel confident about it. So how am I stumped by two teenagers and two wet towels. Like what, what the F, as I said, like, how is that happening? It's because I was focused on being correct, not effective. Uh-huh. What do I preach? Do you want to be correct or, you know, correct or effective? I say it all the time. Well, apparently I was focused on being correct. I was so focused on the fact that I was right and the kids were wrong that I was getting triggered, which was clouding my thinking. And my, yeah, my brain was hijacked by two wet towels. I know. Seems impossible because I'm so fabulous, but apparently I'm not. So, but again, I'm I'm joking a little, but it wasn't really the wet towels, obviously. It's what I mistakenly felt the wet towels represented. I thought the towels represented my my children, you know, loving me, caring for me, respecting me, but but that's my own shit. I've got the some core thing about fairness. I've had this my whole life. Maybe it's because I'm a Libra. I'm a Libra. Birthday, September 28th, if you want to send me something. Or, may <laughs> or maybe I also think it could be, you know, I was the youngest growing up in a large family where things often didn't feel fair, right? So, you know, my, my older siblings got the majority of my parents' time and energy. 
They got shotgun anytime we were in a car. They got, you know, the crispy, the, you know, that all crispy skin end cut of the turkey at Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about? I never got that. I never got that. That might be why I never served turkey at Thanksgiving because I have resentment about turkey. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I got pants. I always had to wear the pants that had patches in them because they were like passed down from older siblings. You know, it's like, it's not fair. When you're the youngest, some things are not fair. And maybe it's that. I have no idea, but that fair thing, oh, it's taking me down quite a few times in my life. So, but the result is I've got this old kind of childhood baggage that was coming up with my kids. So it was literally causing my brain to short circuit. And that's why I couldn't come up with an easy, easy, obvious solution, right? Here, I, I couldn't come up with it. And I've talked about this a million times. My amygdala was lit up. The prefrontal cortex, the part of my, my rational thinking brain was not working. Whenever this would come up, whenever I would walk in, I would trip over the towel. That would really get me. Uh, or walk on one with my socks and my towel. My feet would get wet. My socks would get wet. You know, yeah, of course it all happened, right? All of that was short-circuiting my brain and hijacking it. In, not in a huge way. I wasn't off, you know, yelling and screaming and, and freaking out. But it was enough to be triggered to not think well. And, and here's the kicker. You ready for the kicker? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Here's the kicker. My kids show me tons of love. They show me tons of caring and respect literally every day. Every day. They say, I love you easily, generously. I get hugs and kiss, a little kiss before bed. Um, you know, the difference is them tucking me in versus me tucking them in. But they always come no matter what's happening. If I'm going to bed, they're going to bed. We say goodnight. We get a hug and a kiss. It's beautiful. If I have a headache, if I have a headache, my I, I had one again recently. I get them sometimes. Oh, the joys of menopause. Max, my Max, my son is tripping over himself to bring me water or an aspirin. If I ask my kids, I say, hey, garbage needs to go out. The answer is always, sure, mom. Sure. Let me do that. Their attitude is thoughtful, polite, loving, literally on a daily basis. And I don't know why the towels were a thing for me. Maybe it was teenage, you know, or thing for them, I should say, you know, maybe it was the teenage brains developing, or maybe it was just not getting how important it was to me. I don't know. I don't know. But why was I focused on the towels every day and not all the rest? Not all the rest. And, you know, the other option, by the way, besides the excellent tip my therapist came up with, the other option could have been for me to say to myself, you know, <laughs> you know, Abby, you know, my kids are awesome, especially as teenagers go. I've seen teenagers. For some reason, this is hard for them. For some reason, they can't seem to do the towel thing. What if I just assume I'll hang up the towels every day as a sign of my love for them, my respect for them as humans, that I see them, all of them, and this is hard. Maybe I could help, you know? Didn't even think of that. Didn't even think of that either. My... My my story is to highlight that there's a reason you're having the same fight over and over. It's touching, it's touching an old nerve, people. It's touching an old nerve. And you've got to get out of the past and into the present so you can deal with this issue with a, with a now mind instead of one, you know, dragged down by the past by yesterday. Okay? So that that's our goal. That's what we're going to do today. So with that in mind, here are my top five tips to stop having that same argument. I know, I'm excited too. Drum roll on my desk. Okay. 
I don't know if you even can hear that in the podcast. All right. Tip number one, acknowledge. I, I, it feels like a letdown, doesn't it? It shouldn't be. So believe it or not, believe it or not, just by acknowledging that you're being triggered, that can turn things around. It's because you're taking the focus off of the other person and putting it on yourself, right? And, you, and you're, you're putting a pause button in. And just that can stop all the triggering. It's not about what they're saying. It's not about what they're doing or not doing. It's about you and why you're reacting to this particular thing. If a complete stranger came up to you and said, I hate your hair, right? Complete stranger on the street. I hate your hair. You'd likely brush it off pretty quickly and think that person was nuts. You'd be like, okay, okay, crazy person. However, if you walked into your parents' house and your mother said something even less direct, something even littler, like, um, trying to think of things my mother would have said. Uh, oh, oh, I wish you'd cut your bangs so I could see your beautiful face. <laughs> or, oh, I'm so glad you got your, you know, you cut your hair. It's so much more flattering on you now. Okay. Again, maybe a little passive aggressive, maybe. But it's not that much what they're saying. You, I bet if they, if your mom said that, you'd get your panties in such a twist, such a major twist. Grr! She's so judgmental. She's so passive aggressive. You know, complaining to your partner, complaining to your friends, complaining to yourself. It's because of the meaning you attach to things when the people you know and care about are involved. That's why you're getting so upset. You're not you're less upset at the stranger than at your mom because you're assuming they're being she's being passive aggressive and you're assuming all the reasons why. So what's the real feeling you're having? Yeah, okay, I get it. You're resentful, you're angry, you're frustrated. But what, what's really going on below that? Usually we're upset because we feel we feel abandoned or like in this case, I just said, we're feeling rejected and not seen or accepted by our mom or whoever it is. So acknowledging that you're even being triggered, <sighs> taking a moment to breathe and think before responding is a huge key to changing that cycle of this arg- this, of the argument. Okay, huge, huge. All right. Tip number two is to stop labeling. And, and this go- really goes back to the wet towel story I just shared. Uh, a lot of, I, even all, <laughs> I'm going to say a lot of your upset is due to what you've decided it means, right? This thing means. So, and I'm going to have a sip of water, excuse me. I'm back. Oh, that was good. Okay. So also give me a moment to think of an example. Okay. So if your partner doesn't put their dirty dishes into the dishwasher, it means they don't appreciate you or they think you're their maid, right? They don't listen to you, all these things. Um, if your sister's always late, it means she's selfish. She thinks her time is more important than yours, right? If your mother always comments on your weight or if you notice her watching what you eat, you know, how many helpings you're having or something, uh, that means she doesn't accept you and she's critical of everything you do. Do you see all the labeling, labeling, labeling? Uh, if your boss asks you to make some changes on a proposal and, you, you know, you'd worked hard on it, it means you can never live up to her exacting expectations and, you know, all these and she hates you and <laughs> all the things, Right. So these meanings that you ascribe to the thing is the reason you're having this argument over and over and over and over. Again, what do I say all the time? You feel the way you think. I didn't make that up. That's Albert Ellis, but you feel the way you think. So what else could you think about this situation? What else could you think? There's lots of other things to think besides what you're thinking. 
Does your partner treat you with love and respect in a bunch of other ways you're either not noticing or giving credit to? Like my kids with the towels, like where there's all these ways that they're showing me that they love me and I'm not noticing, right? Do you need to be bothered by your sister being late? Could could you just take two cars, right? Think think about that. (laughs) Or do you even need to be bothered about it? Can you just let it go? Could you, how else could you interact with your mom around the food you eat, right? Could you draw a different boundary with her? Um, Maybe not even eat around her. I had a client who just stopped eating at her parents' house because her mom herself had an eating disorder and it was really messy and gross. So she just stopped eating there. She just stopped, and her mom had things to say even about that, but it was so much easier, you know what I mean? And so she'd go over for holidays and things and uh for those things you know even you know there's a big holiday dinner and her mother would be there she sometimes would eat before or after or she would just make sure she'd kind of already eaten so at the dinner she could eat what you know this like perfect thing she thinks her mother would just shut up about that's a lot of work i don't think you want to go to that length necessarily but there was a very that was a long conflicted relationship but do you see where i'm going here or you can just say, you know, if you comment on my weight again, I'm going to leave. Like, I'm just not going to do this anymore with you. I'm not going to stay at the house. This is not okay. You know, or here's how I feel when you do that. Or, you know, what did you think? What do you think my response is going to be when you ask me why I'm having a second helping? What do you want that to be? What are you trying to tell me right now? And do you think that was helpful or loving? You know, you can interrupt in a gazillion ways, right? Um did I'm thinking about the work thing. Uh, didn't you get a great review from your boss last year? And isn't that a sign that she thinks you're capable of excellent work when she asks you to make changes? Maybe it's just that. And maybe she is exacting, but it doesn't mean it's, you know, something you couldn't do or something you have to carry care that much about, or maybe you can just do your best. You know, again, a big reason you're upset is because of the meaning you've assigned to the thing. And I, I want to say, you know, well, okay. So don't label. Don't label. Share your feelings instead. Share them instead. We can, remember what do we connect with? We connect with feelings, not thoughts. All those thoughts you're having do not connect you to the other person. It's your feelings. It's it's a thought to label someone. You know, uh, my my partner's bad with money. My mom's angry all the time. You know, my friend is bipolar. My boss is moody. Share your feelings about the other person instead of diagnosing or labeling them or what they're doing, right? So if you're talking to your boss, you're not going to say like, you're an exacting bitch or something, you know, that's not going to get you far. Instead, you want to say, you know, I'm, I kind of, I feel like I worked really hard on this presentation and I actually feel like it's really good. So I got your feedback. I just, I'm, I have to say that in my work with you, I, I always feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it well. Is that true? you know, check it out. Maybe it is true. Maybe your boss is trying to get rid of you and you should be looking for another job. I don't know. But just sort of buckling under the weight and and feeling miserable and calling her, you know, names to your friends isn't actually solving a problem, right? So you're not, and having, when I say that same argument over and over, you know, it's also really that same thought over and over, that same situation over and over, that same feeling over and over. That's what we're looking to stop, right? That's what we're looking to get out of. So really watch the meaning you're assigning and any labeling you're doing of the other person or the situation, okay? All right, tip number three is make a boundary and stick to it. I'm yelling that, I know. You make me crazy with your boundaries. I love you so much. 
but the boundary, what's with the boundaries? <laughs> it, it's probably one of the main reasons you're having the same argument over and over again is because you haven't made a clear boundary around this topic. I made a clear boundary on the topic, right? You just, you just haven't. And I, I might have even shared about this client before. Sorry. I've got a lot of you and I sometimes forget who I've shared about, but I have a client who was really upset because his partner kept texting him during the workday, right? And I get, and they'd had multiple conversations about this. He'd asked his partner multiple times not to interrupt him with anything during the day. And, you know, cause it was really hard for him to get to focus, to get back to work and focus. But um, what kept his partner, his partner would get better for a while, but then he would keep, um, he would do it again. You know, he would do it again. And my client kept answering, kept texting back. And then he'd get really upset and they'd have a fight. You know, I asked you not to text me. He would even text back. I told you not to text me at work <laughs> and get really upset. And his partner would be like, well, I know, but this is special because, you know, we were going out tonight with the Callahans and, you know, uh, I don't know what time and they're asking me and I need to be able to give them an answer. And you know what I mean? There was always like some reason. Oh, I forgot, whatever, you know, but there was always something why this kept happening. And my client would keep again responding and get very upset with his partner about him, you know, texting or calling him during the day. And again, they would fight about this over and over and over. And I just, you know, so, and I had problem solved this with my client a few times and we had really, you know, talked about it. And finally I was like, what the F? Like, what is going on? This is about you not keeping your boundary. This is not about your partner. It's not about him. It's about you. You are not holding your boundary. So your partner isn't respecting it either, right? If you don't hold it, why should your partner respect it? What's what's their motivation to keep the boundary if you don't even hold a boundary? You're letting them know every time you respond, every time you don't keep it, that it's really not that important and there's no reason to respect me. So, you know, just keep going. We It's so common to look for someone else to hold our boundary. Don't, don't I talk about this a lot because it comes up a lot. So it's very nice when other people hold a boundary. It's a lovely thing but you can't count on that. You have to count on you. So I finally really got to this with my client. You know, we had a, a, a much better talk about it and really about my client's worry about feeling, getting abandoned. He really loved his partner. They were actually set to get married and he, I should keep saying fiance then. And he really felt like at the end of the day, like he wasn't worthy of this love. This partner was super loving with him and really just, he felt like kind of his dream person. And somehow that was getting in the way. Like he didn't want his partner mad at him, even though they were fighting. It was really, sometimes the reasons why can seem bizarre because they don't seem to match our behavior, but that's not, we all know as we sit here talking, that's not crazy, right? That happens all the time. So we really start, I said to him, okay, so we really have to brainstorm, right? What these new boundaries would be, you know, how we can um, respect our own boundaries. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And that's really what the goal is. So, you know, your your partner already knows the boundaries or this other person. So some like so we came up with a few i and i of course i didn't give suggestions i had him come up with these but he ended up with a few and one was that he could leave his phone in the drawer or in the car even so he didn't even know when the text came in during the day or the or the work calls and he did have another talk with his partner just saying okay i'm really drawing a line in the sand this time i will no longer be answering any texts or calls really during the workday and i'm going to look every day at 4 and that's what i'm going to do so that's when you're going to get an answer. If uh, if the house is burning down or something, I guess I'll hear about it at four o'clock. You know, that's how it'll be. And that was it. And that's actually how he ended up starting that. But of course, and I think about three weeks went by before the partner started texting him again. Um, and again, then it was up to him not to answer. And he really didn't answer. And actually, the partner did get upset because that example I gave was the real one. This, like, I guess they were going out with another couple and the partner, you know, and the couple was calling like what time? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. You know? And, but what's the big friggin' deal? You can tell them at four when you're, go- you know, you're going out tonight. We're going to go out at some point. I don't know exactly when right now, or we could come up with a time since I can't get in touch with my partner. And if my partner can't do it, I'll let you know. Like, why is this such a big deal? Why is this urgency there? Because again, this was his, this was my client's partner's anxiety about having people hanging. The other thing you do is say, hey, I don't know if that's not okay with you, then let's just cancel for tonight and we'll we'll do another night and we'll make sure we plan the time. There's a million ways to go with this besides, oh my God, it's an emergency and I have to call you at work. You don't. And I and maybe, you know, part of that is because I grew up in a time when there were no ways to call people at work and you just never did it. Just wasn't a thing you did unless it was like a real emergency, like someone's in the hospital emergency, not like what time are we going to dinner later? We are just so used to having all this um, uh, accessibility to everybody all the friggin' time. And it's really becomes problematic. It really, because it really feeds this anxiety that people have. It's feeding unhealthy things. You do not need to have constant contact. If your kid goes to school, guess what? If there's an emergency, you could call the school. Because by the way, if Aunt Donna died, I don't think you should text that. I think an adult should go get your kid out of class and should talk to them adult to kid. Like, what are you doing anyway? You don't need this kind of contact with people that you think you need. And I know this because I lived lived the first 35 years of my life without it. So 
that was one of my funnier stories, by the way. Well, McCartney was turning, um, to, we didn't have let the kids have cell phones till they were 13. And when McCartney, <laughs> and McCartney was like, um, when she was, she was younger, she, I think she was like 10 or 11. She, she kind of got upset about it. She's like, what do you mean I can't have it? And I'm like, no, there's no cell phones. And she, she sort of got up in it. And she was like, well, how old were you when you first got a cell phone? You know? And I said, 33 you know, <laughs> which is an awesome response, <laughs> you know, but it highlights that you don't have to have this kind of accessibility. So again, even just that, that assumption you have about what has to happen, this is all part of the boundaries. This is all part of understanding that things, you know, don't have to be an emergency because someone thinks it is, doesn't have to be urgent because someone thinks it is, and it doesn't have to be important because someone thinks it is. You have to decide yours. You've got to figure that out. And the other thing I had my client do, which actually was the most effective, is he talked to his partner to find out why he was texting during the day when he asked him not to. But he was able to ask him in a really curious, loving way, not in an accusatory, like, why are you calling me? But really like, hey, just let's stop a minute. What is going on? You know, what are you not getting? Because clearly his partner wasn't feeling secure, right? Why else do you feel like you need to call all day? unless you're feeling a little insecure about something. So let's talk about the insecurity and let's talk about ways to have you feel more secure because frankly, the texting every day and calling and talking during the day of work wasn't working to feel more secure or you wouldn't have had to keep doing it. So what could we do? Am I not saying I love you enough? You know, are we not spending enough quality time together? Like, what is it? Is this just your own crap and you have to go to therapy? Like, what do we got here? Let's figure this out as a couple. But you know, kind of giving in to this fear-based thing is not the way to go. That's not the way to change, right? To You know, you got to hold your boundary. Um, so sometimes that's a big way to go to hold your boundaries, just to ask someone why something is so important. But again, do it in a loving way, not a, you know, why is it so important to you? But, you know, really trying to understand curious, loving, kind, what is happening that this is so big? But I would say that arguments mostly are happening that I see with my clients because my clients are not holding their boundary or they hold it for a while and then they don't. And then they're mad at the other person for not keeping their boundary. I would say that's really the reason. You're mad at the other person for not holding your boundary. And that's not how it gets to work. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I wish it was that way, but it's just not how it gets to be. You're going to need to figure this out. You you got to figure this out. So, and think about anybody in your life that you're angry or resentful with. It's usually has something to do with that, that you don't like how they're acting in a certain way. They're not, they're leaving their stuff on the bathroom counter instead of putting it in the drawers. And it's like, why well, I, I share this space too. You know, why are you doing this thing? And it's like, really, is that where we're going to we're going to like die on that hill. You're going to die on on the on the on the bathroom counter hill, you know? Was I going to die on the wet towel hill? You know, there's something where you got to, you know, you got to think it through. You got to step back for a minute and think differently about it. Okay. Let's keep going. Two more tips, ready? So tip number 4, I like this one a lot. It's a technique I've had clients do over the years. It's uh, not something I made up. I don't even god, I think I learned it in counseling school of all places. <laughs> There's very little you learn in counseling school in a way that you ever use. I know that sounds horrible to say, but it's the truth. There's a way that 
everything because you're learning theories and ways of going and you're not really learning the granular like do you know the the i feel formula you know i feel when you and i need i didn't learn that in counseling school you know sadly you never get that specific that's what it is you you learn kind of the bigger pieces and then as you work you hear about these other things or people like me put out information and you go oh that's a good idea let me use that over there i have a ton of client of uh people i've talked to other colleagues who use my book my be happily married even if your partner won't do a thing my book they use that in couples therapy with their couples because it is it's a how-to and i have action tips and i have very specific things so they i love that it's such a huge it's flattery at its highest form and it's good because i know it works so you know but that's what's happening it's not some textbook they're reading it's that but anyway okay why was i off on that tangent we don't know but it's important so role switching when you're not angry that is my tip number four. And again, this is a technique I learned a long time ago. And again, I think it is one of the things I learned about in counseling school. So, and this is really, you know, if all else fails, use this technique. It's, and it's really good. It's, it's, it's really solid. I, I really like it a lot. So, and, and here's how you do it. So basically you want to find a time when you're not pissed. You want to find a time you're not arguing about the thing when you're getting along well, and I will tell you, this is the probably the number one thing that gets in the way is that when you're getting along well, you don't want to talk about the thing that was upsetting, right? Because you're like, no, we're doing great. I don't want to bring it up. But that's exactly when you should bring it up. Because what do I always say also? You have to connect to correct. So when you're connected is the best time to try to correct on something, not when you're disconnected and fighting. That's the worst time to correct on something. See where I'm going here? So you got to get out your head out of that thinking of, oh, if we're getting along, don't rock the boat, don't talk about the thing, let's just tiptoe along, because you're going to have the same argument over and over because you're not going after it when you should. So find a time when you're getting along really well. And in that time, you go, okay, let's do this thing. Think of the last time you had the argument, okay? So the two of you talk for a minute, like, oh, yeah. It's, I came down in the morning and you had said you would put away the dishes the night before. I just had a couple do this recently, so I'm using it. Um, he, the husband had said that he would put away the dishes the night before because uh, she, when she comes down in the morning, you know, she's like the first one on base with the, they have two kids and, you know, she's getting breakfast ready and everything else. And she really needs, you know, the, the, the dish, if she already, if she first has to empty the dishwasher, it's just a lot of extra work, you know, and she's trying to like start from a fresh ground. And so the husband's like, yeah, I'll put away the dishes at night. And he wasn't doing it regularly. And so what would happen, this was the argument, he, he would do it, you know, 70% of the time. He was actually doing it most of the time, just not all the time. And of course, she was very focused on the times he wasn't. I get it. I get it. You come down, the dishes aren't done. It's And they would have an argument every time about it. She'd go to him, be like, you didn't blow my dishes and, uh, and you don't care about me. You don't love me. And it would blow up into this thing. And so I had them think of the last time they had that, right? Okay. Let, yep. I remember. All right. And then what they do is they, you have, you switch roles and you have a conversation, not an argument. You have a conversation from the other person's point of view. So they switch roles. So, um, you know, uh, he became her and she became him kind of thing. And, and that's what you want to do. You want to put yourself in their shoes. So if you're the one who comes down in the morning and the dishwasher is not put away and you're upset, you now become the person not putting away the dishes. And I actually had them do this in front of me because we were doing well right there. I had them do it in session and it was 
awesome. I have to tell you, they loved it. They were so happy about it because so, and, and I really had them debate it from every angle. That's what you want to do. You wanted them to, you want to, you want to do this. You want to debate it from every angle. So of course she, she was now him. And so here, so it took her a minute, but she got there and she's like, you know, I was really tired. Um, I had a really hard time, hard day. Cause she did remember that he had had a really hard day. Um, he had, had to, he had had to fire someone at work and he actually didn't even like this person, but it was still tough. You know, it's tough to fire somebody and he had to get HR involved. You know, it was a whole thing. And so she talked about that. She's like, you know, I had this really tough day. I had to fire that guy who's been bothering me a long time. So it's a good thing overall, but it was a lot of stress for me during the work day. And, um, I, you know, the nighttime came and I really just forgot, like I was just wrapped up. I was so tired. Uh, you know, you and I had actually had a really, and they had, they'd had a really nice dinner. It was, I felt so grateful because I told you about the firing and you were right there and you were so loving and kind. And I felt, I just felt so relaxed. It felt really good. And I guess in my relaxed state, I forgot. I just forgot about the dishes somehow. And when, as she, I was watching her as she was being him and she just was making this all up. This isn't something he had said. She was just putting herself in his shoes. Like, why would I have forgotten the dishes? Because the answer wasn't, oh, I didn't put them away because I was looking to piss you off and have you really mad at me so you'd scream at me in the morning. That was, of course, not the answer. So she had to kind of go there. And he, of course, then took her side of like, um, you know, like coming down in the morning and, you know, I'm really ready. We had a really nice night together <laughs> and felt really close. And I come down in the morning and there's my letdown, you know. You asked me to be there for you, and I was yesterday after this hard day at work, and I really put everything away. I didn't pay, I paid more attention to you than the kids, which has been a previous problem. And this thing I asked you to do to show me you love me, you don't do. And so, you know what I mean? And he really got her side. It was a beautiful thing. So what you're doing if you do this on your own and not in front of your lovely neighborhood therapist named Abby Medcalf, you know, if you're doing this somewhere else, is you, you do this thing where you switch, and then you switch back to yourself. And you have a conversation about what you've learned about the other person. Can you see things more clearly, right? How can you, and and how can you now resolve the situation from this new vantage point? That's the most important part because what I said as we were talking was, I said, You're, this is going to happen again. He's going to forget to put away the dishes again. It's going to happen because that's life. We just don't always remember. So how do we want to deal with this? Maybe we maybe he puts the dishes away every morning instead. Maybe he, he makes breakfast in the morning. Maybe, uh, you check at night. And if there's nights when it's not done, you just do it because he does do it like 70% of the time. And then, um, he has to give you a back rub the next day (laughs) or that night. I don't know. You know, there's a hundred ways you could do this without it being punishing, without it being mean, without it being, uh, again, labeling, he doesn't love me, he doesn't care, he didn't do this thing, um, and him labeling her, she's such a nag, why does she care about everything? I do it most of the time, you know, dismissing. You can. There's a way to do it with getting rid of that, and that tip is really a good way. It's very effective, this role switching. It really works, and I highly recommend it. Okay, and tip number five, we're there. I'm gonna have another sip of water to get excited about tip number five. Tip number five is to be mindful and let that shit go. Yeah. That's tip number five. But let me, let me just say a little more about it. So 
so not that long ago, so I was a guest on someone's podcast, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe now. And uh, they're really nice, you know, this couple that do this podcast, and I was a guest. And and one of the things they always ask the guests is, what is your top pet peeve about your partner? What's your top pet peeve? And, you know, what's the thing you always complain about, right? Which is pretty much the thing you always have an argument about or a complaint about. And I had to sit, I'm sitting for a minute, and I, I didn't have one. I did not have one. This is the God's honest truth. I did not have one. Now, and here's the deal. I'm not saying Gary's not perfect. And he does annoy me. I mean, he does things that annoy me. There's no two ways about it. Now and again, something annoys me. But I've found that over the years, my my meditation and mindfulness practice has really allowed me to let that shit go. It's allowed me not to take things so personally, again, not to label them and, you know, diagnose him and everything else. Uh, it's allowed me to remember it's none of my business what other people think of me. You know, if it's not him, if it's somebody else that I'm annoyed at, or it's not my, you know, not my job. I, I shouldn't try to read his mind or try to know what he's thinking. Um, I'm real. It's really allowed me my meditation and mindfulness practice, which has been so consistent over all these years, has allowed me to take a breath and think differently about what's happening. That's what's now. I wasn't always this way. <laughs> I because some people I know some of you are like, oh, she's just so nice. No, no, I have been so petty. I can't tell you. I've been petty with my five year old when my kids were like. I remember Max was five. I remember being petty about something. You know, like I I could be that person. Okay, so and I'm thinking of the thing, and it really again this this question I got really made me think. What did I know? Things used to bug me more, and I remember one of the things that used to bug me a lot. And that is that Gary, when he shaved, used to leave whiskers in the sink after he shaved. Not all of them. He always rinsed the sink, but not thoroughly and not in an Abbey way. <laughs> okay. So he'd rinse the sink, but not like I rinse the sink. And there were always, always these little icky hairs mixed with some <laughs> shaving cream, like around, just here or there or on the handle. Like maybe he had rinsed it with his hand and some some, you know, hairs had gotten on his hand and then he turned off the water. And so now when I go to turn on the water, there's like little hairs with a little bit of shaving cream on the on off handles. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. And I used to talk to him all the time. We could call it nagging. I don't. I call it talking to uh, often and ask him to clean the sink better, you know, but he just never really got it. And I'd still find these hairs and it would still drive me crazy. And one day, I don't know, thank God the gods intervened, or I don't know how I did this. But one day I timed, I think because I was going to tell him how short it was to do. I timed, literally, I took my phone and I, you know, got the little stopwatch option on the on the clock, right? I timed how long it took me to, to give the sink that extra rinse, okay? How long does it take me to really clean the hairs out of the sink? I, I do remember now, because I was going to go to him and go, see, it only takes this, you know, can't you take two extra seconds to do this, right? But I wanted the exact number. And I did it I did it a few times over the course of a week. And it always came out to about, are you ready? Six seconds was the longest. Four seconds most of the time. Six seconds. Six seconds. Yeah. Took me six seconds. <laughs> tops. Tops. <laughs> to give the sink that extra swipe. And suddenly I was <laughs> thinking... 
you know, as I'm about to build a head of steam and say, why can't you just do the six seconds? I was thinking, why can't I do the six seconds? <laughs> like, And really, again, four, four seconds. Was I really letting this get in the way? Four seconds of my time? What? Because again, if I don't label it, if I don't decide what it means, if I don't, you know, decide it means that he doesn't love me and he doesn't care about what's important to me, if I if I take all that out and I just use this four seconds, what if I saw this four seconds as an act of service and love? Not for him, for me. Because the sink doesn't matter to Gary in that way. Rinsing it like that was good. It was good. It's me that cares about the little extra hairs everywhere. It's only me. I'll tell you, my kids don't care. Nobody else cares. It's just me. So really, it's an act of love for me. I, I see evidence of Gary's love and really, truly adoration all the friggin' time. All the time. So was I going to decide that this meant he thought I was his maid or he didn't love me? He didn't care about what's important to me. He's not a good, you know, person to, to live with. He, you know, he's, he's, uh, he, he doesn't cohabitate well, whatever. Fuck that. Like, screw that. Like, Fuck that. That's the only time to use the word fuck. Sorry. I mean, really? Like, what the hell? So, you know what? I started rinsing the sink, thinking, and again, with love. Like, I was doing this for myself because I like the sink a certain way. And isn't it great that I could have it this way in just a few seconds that he actually does wipe the sink? He does do his best job at this. So, to, you know, to to have it look as good as it can, you know, looks, and again, it's like 95% done by the time I get to it, right? It's just these few little airs. If I had to give Gary a grade on wiping the sink, he wipes away about 95% of the hairs. Isn't that an A plus? Even an A? An A or an A plus? Am I really arguing with him about something that you would give an A to? A, a grade of an A or an A plus? I will tell you that the key to me finding this space where I could truly truly let that shit go is absolutely 100% without a doubt my mindfulness and meditation practice. I'm not saying it hasn't helped, you know, my my spiritual my other spiritual practices. I'm not saying that there aren't other things that come into play, but I am telling you that at the base of those things of me noticing that he does these other loving things for me, of me letting that in, of me seeing things when I change my attitude and change my way of thinking, it it is my mindfulness and meditation practice. That's what it is. It's, it hasn't just changed my life. I feel like it has saved my life. I really do. Because my life is about feeling content and uh, loved most, the vast majority of the time. And I do. And it is, that love has always been there. It's been there in many different forms, people loving me. But for many, for decades, I didn't see it that way. I could only see the love I wanted to see. I could only see what, you know, was, was the things that I, you know, how I wanted to be loved. And there's a lot of ways that people love me. And I've learned, by the way, over the years to see that love and to be able to take that in as really feeling and seeing the ways that other people love me. And it has, again, it's saved my life. It's, it's saved my relationships. It's saved so many things. And so when I talk about my close relationships with people, I can really see what that relates to, right? I can draw that line back. It's an amazing thing. And I do have a meditation starter kit. I have a mindfulness starter kit too, but I talk about that a lot. But I also have a meditation starter kit. It's free. It's 
free. Learn to meditate. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes because abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. I can't say strongly enough how much I think you should download it and start at least a two minute a day meditation practice. And you're going to find it's not as hard as you think. And so I'm going to wrap up with just a few pieces. To stop having that same argument over and over and over again, you just want to think of a few things, really. I mean, definitely all my tips, but you want to acknowledge your trigger. Again, it's never really about the sock on the floor, right? I really want you to think about that. I really want you to think about how to listen without getting defensive and hurt. Did a whole episode on that, so I'll link to it. But I want you to focus on being effective, not correct. That's how I started this whole conversation. Really focus on what's effective here as opposed to how right I am. And I think kind of the biggest thing is to think of all this, this whole episode today, as an opportunity for healing, for growing in your relationship. How incredible, amazing, life-affirming, life-changing is it going to be to lay this old argument to rest and not literally not have it in your life anymore? Literally, this thing is gone. It is gone. And I will tell you, if you practice the things I have said, if you go through this list, if you download the kit, if you do the things, it's going to happen. I, it's going to happen. It can't not happen because you're going to be so different. You are going to have shifted these things you need to shift because it takes two to have this argument. It takes two to, it takes, it takes the two of you, this, you're co-creating this relationship. And as you create a different one with whoever this is, as you show up differently, as you, as you process things differently that are happening, as you're able to act, not react, as all that happens, you, I guarantee your relationship will change because you are different. There's no way for it not to change. It's, it's quantum mechanics. You know, you can't, it's just how it works. So it's how the universe works. But you, you got to make these changes. You have to look at yourself first and stop looking at the other person to change your life. You are here to change your life. I believe in you. I sit here every week and I do it because I believe in you. If I didn't think it would help, if I didn't think you could change anything, I was like, screw it. You know, why am I, why am I wasting my time? Why am I, why am I, you know, spending hours a week on this podcast? Why would I be doing that? Because I know I've seen it in literally tens of thousands of people over the almost 40 years I've been doing this. I've watched it happen and I still do because I still see clients. I'm still working with people and I'm still seeing the changes that they make and how their lives are truly transformed. And I want that for you. I so want that for you. So really take a listen. Go over to the blog post, you know, search the website if you want to, if you want to like write down these notes or, you know, have them, you know, print out the print out the blog post page and hang it on your fridge. Whatever you want to do, definitely come and download the free meditation starter kit because that's really going to help. And know that I believe in you. I absolutely, I really, really do. I love you. I am here. I want to be of service to you because I know I can help change your life. And more importantly, that you can change your life. It's really not me. I promise. It's you doing things. And, and that's it. Have an amazing week. Remember, there's great love all around you, and it's all right here, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you, and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety 
to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.